it's over 9,000! Super Elite Warriors to Final Forum, a podcast for the discussion of all things Dragon Ball. I am your host, Jelly, an elite recruiting member of the Frieza Force, on a mission to find the best warriors from across the galaxy to join the greatest army of all time, and I am joined, as always, by my new recruit co-host. This is the bikini. And we're just chilling where you left us last time, listeners. We are at the entrance, uh, or exit, <laughs> either or, of a cave that is Fallen in on us, and that's. I think it we're might just, be the same, actually, both the, the entrance and the exit. Yeah, that too. It would be mouthing off to me already. Let's see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a very special episode of the Final Forum podcast for many reasons. Some of which are sort of how the sausage is made stuff. So I won't super get into them, but the biggest one of which is usually we come to these episodes with pages of notes and having done tons of research and today we don't (laughs) Uh, we are flying by the seats of our frieza army uniforms yes we just have we have our brackets we'll get into that in a second but since we are doing this a little bit differently than normal we figured we'd also just hit on some news that just recently came out which uh, was, I don't know, at this point now, it's a week or two weeks old even. Uh, the Toei had some sort of a, a convention. We posted the link, actually, on our Facebook page of the announcement for this. So you can go and check that out on our, on our Facebook page. Make sure to like us as well. Hit that like and subscribe button. Ding, ding. And... And uh, but, you know, check that out. It's they had some sort of convention recently and they basically just announced that the new movie Dragon Ball Super Superhero will be premiering in Japan in April and then in the U.S. or North America as a whole, I guess. So that could include Canada and Mexico as well. Over the summer, they haven't set specific dates yet. I'm guessing it'll be very similar to what they did with Broly, it'll kind of depend a little bit on your local market, right? Your local market might have several showings at several theaters or maybe just one showing at one theater. It kind of is going to depend. But so in, in addition to that announcement of sort of timing on things, they released like a couple new clips 
it's basically just a clip of one of the antagonists, I don't know, blowing something up. Another antagonist, one of the one of the new androids, they're like Android Alpha and Beta, I think is what they are. Seems pretty I call up. them thing 1 and thing 2 because of the 1 and the 2 on their chest. Mm. I think they're called Alpha and Beta and I th- think it's pretty clear then that they will probably combine at some point to form Gamma. That seems that would, that would be my guess, yes. That seems like a given, right? Yeah. But it's one of them sort of fighting against Piccolo and then one of them sort of fighting against Gohan. Maybe maybe we'll get lucky and Toriyama will subvert our expectations. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just a, it's just like a minute and a half worth of clips. But I don't. For me, this was the second time I've really seen anything other than promo images for the movie, and I think it looks a little better in terms of the animation itself. I'm I'm still not super super keen on that style. I mean, I obviously have. There's a whole lot going on in the the community at large over people either liking this or not liking it. I personally am on the fence leaning towards liking it because looking at a lot of the latest stuff that they've released, like you said, it it looks a lot better than it did initially. I'm one of those people that's willing to give things a shot and see if they work. So hopefully this works and it doesn't look terrible. It looks a little less choppy. I think it looked a little more fluid. The motion itself. I thought that was encouraging. I'm just yeah. not a huge, huge fan of the style, you know. I, get I really, you. I really would, ho- I really would hope that if slash when Super comes back and does some of the arcs of the manga that they have not done since the end of the Tournament of Power, that they don't come back in this style. They come back in more the you know traditional sort of two D style. I mean, for me, Perfect World, the same crew that did Dragon Ball Super Broly, uh, does this movie. <laughs> Because that that movie was a feast for the eyes. It really was. So, but uh, what we're here to talk about today, our main focus for today and probably our next episode as well, is our first ever March Madness tournament. Because it's tournament season. It's March here in space. It's space March. (laughs) By the by, the Frieza Uh, calendar. We call it Smarch for short. It's a lousy month. <laughs> uh, it's it's March Madness. It's tournament time. That's right. Uh, we'll be doing. I I want to call these our Tenkaichi tournaments. I'm a huge fan of alliteration. You'd, you'd call it basketball Tenkaichi instead of Budokai Tenkaichi. This one I would see, and that's the thing. So, li- listeners, if you haven't if you haven't been paying attention to us on Facebook. For whatever reason, we are doing a round. Uh, we are doing a, a tournament, much like the NCAA March Madness tournament. Remember, I've told everyone that we get sports broadcasts here in space. I am a sports fan myself. Uh, I'm actually not a huge basketball fan, and not a huge uh, college basketball fan either. I'm I'm more into the National Football League and a, a certain team that insists on breaking my heart every year but which we which we will not name not yet <clears throat> not yet i'm gonna wait until they win one and then i'm gonna rub it in everyone's face there you go it's the perfect <laughs> revenge no one will see it coming 
Uh, but it's that time of year, right? We're gonna be we're having tournaments. We wanted to have a tournament as well. Tournaments are huge in Dragon Ball. It's like a perfect synergy. Absolutely. This is our Tenkaichi tournament. It's the num tournament. It's the number one under heavens tournament. And this year, our tournament is basketball. I think in future years, we're well. I know in future years we will not do basketball. Maybe we'll circle back around to it someday when we have a different like swath of characters to choose from. But we're gonna do over the coming years. We'll do tournaments basketball related. We will do we'll do who would win in a in a like Halo one on one match like Major League Gaming does. You know, we'll we'll do who would win in a. A car race. Who would win in a right? Da, 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 da. We'll we'll pick like who, a different. Who would write the best haiku? Yes, we'll we'll do we'll do. Who would win in an academic decathlon? Like we were, we are going to pick a different sort of. Who'd win in a spelling bee? We will pick a different sort of tournament, a different sort of competition every year around this time that our characters can compete against each other in and figure out who is the number one under heaven of that skill or sport or what have you. But we figured since this is March Madness, we would kick the first one off with basketball. Makes sense, right? Sure. The, the logic is flawless. So this is who would win in a one-on-one -on -one basketball game between these two characters. So you have those same kind of one-on-one -on -one rules. I don't... I, I'm torn on whether it's half-court or not. I don't think that really matters. <laughs> no, they, given, given the uh, the average speed of your typical contestant in, this, in these brackets, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to make any difference at all. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's basketball. Uh, the only other kind of stipulation I have is you have to you have to relatively would you would relatively have to stay within the rules of basketball, right? So no traveling, uh, no punching your opponents in the face. Yeah. Um, Foul, fouls, while not by the rules, are encouraged though. They can be if you can get away with them, but you know your your referee is is going to be the same people that officiate the tournaments so if they can see a punch then we can see the punch and That's you're going to get called for the foul on it the only other rule modifier i have is similar to the tournament of power you can only fly if it is your character's natural ability meaning i think the Ooh. only character we have who is allowed to fly is gregory See, now, and this is – I'm glad you brought this up because this was going to be a question that I had for you, which was were we going to allow flight? Knowing this now, I might have to change one or two of my guesses, but overall, I think they still stay the same. Oh, although we do have some shapeshifters who can change into a form that could allow oh, flight. And I would say I would say that maybe, maybe the only other one potentially – well, other than yes, other than – then one of them, I would say, Puar has always been shown to be able to fly. True. Even when flight was not like just a natural ability that every single character on Dragon Ball had. 
right? When the when the only way you could see people flying around was on the, the Nimbus or in a plane, Puar could always float. This is true. So I think Puar gets to retain that ability as well. All right, I'll give him that. Um, aside from that, what we did is we took the characters, the hundreds of characters that are in the Dragon Ball universe. We divided them into four regions, much like the March Madness tournament does. We have our Saiyan region, our Earthling region, our villains slash antagonists region, which has a couple of very confusing to this member of the Frieza Force entries. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I, I don't know half of them. <laughs> and never and we have before. our deities slash other slash ally category that just kind of has a, a smattering of some characters. The only, I guess we can maybe discuss some of them as we get to it, but like the only big sort of omissions we have that I remember is like, we have not a ton of people from the Tournament of Power. I didn't want to get too into other universes, at least yet, right? That was one big omission. And then the other the other one, in terms of, like, a deity slash ally, is I, I don't have Whis on here anywhere. Uh, I figured he is just a little too overpowered. He would just win by default. Yeah, I don't. I feel like that's fair. And then, yes, there's probably, like, a ton of antagonists slash antagonistic slash villain type characters that we didn't include, but, I don't know, just deal with it? Like, I mean, if, if you end up ultimately having any issues with some of the, the people we picked to be in this, let us know. I'm totally open to, you know, in future years, shaving some or, people off and putting other ones or on. Or if people have suggestions for other tournaments, I'd be interested to see what the internet can crowdsource for us in that regard. Right. I'm trying to think of any other rules that we have here. Oh, how we're going to pick this, right? So first, we'll start out, and one of us will pick the matchup. And how we're going to decide is three criteria. Well, two with, with a tiebreaker. The first is who you, the person picking it, would want to win. And you can base that kind of on anything, whether you would want them to win just because you think they're a more interesting character, whether you would want them to win because you think they're a more likable character. It's whatever criteria kind of you want. Then you have to get a little more objective and say who you think would win based on their skills, their abilities, their strengths and weaknesses. Then, if you come up and you say, just for example, just to pick one of these at random, and I'll pick, like, a, just for Kale versus Nappa, just as a for instance. If you say, I would want Kale to win, but I think Nappa would win, or vice versa, and you have a, you know, split decision there, we go to our tiebreaker, and our tiebreaker is, much like in basketball, who has the advantage in a game of basketball? Who's taller? That's all it takes. And that's that's all it's going to take. That is just a we, – we thought it would be kind of a fun way to have something that's totally objective, totally not arguable, but also kind of random <laughs> and could lead to some unexpected outcomes potentially. Also right? as, as two beings out in the deep recesses of space who have never actually watched a basketball game, uh, we just assume that height is the deciding factor. So <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't, is there anything else I think you think I need to explain on this to make, make it any more? I think we're good, right? 
I would say we're good. I'd say let's get into it. Okay, so here's how we're going to do this. know what's going to happen. Here's how we're going to do this. <clears throat> what happened to my pen? I have, I have, I'm old school here. I have paper and pen. You can hear the... <laughs> that paper here's how we're going to do things. This. You're going to pick a matchup, and then I'm going okay. to pick a matchup. And we're going to go back and forth, and then we'll circle back around and... What we're going to do is, just like the tournament, we're going to do our round of 64 first, then 32, 16. We'll probably break this up into several episodes because we like to keep ourselves under an hour whenever possible. Like, I have a, a bracket filled out of my own, what I think would happen, but this, this with us basically going 50-50 on this, yeah, could change what I have predicted completely. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So we're going to kick things off. With round one, we're going to start in our Saiyan region, and we'll let you make the first pick. It oh. is matchup number one, Goku versus Tarbol. Okay, so... So break down who, who do our I, competitors are a little bit for our listeners, just briefly. I mean, I mean do I, do I everyone knows who Goku is. Who Goku is? No. Yeah. Tarbol, so Tarbol, for those of you that don't know, uh, Tarbol is actually Vegeta's little brother. Uh, he showed up for like... One barely canon episode, I think it was, in like some weird offshoot and super or something it's like, like that. like an OVA. Yeah, it was a weird OVA. And he was mentioned in the Broly movie. He was, yes. And we, yeah, we needed 16 Saiyans. And who do we, we decided not to include Goku's mom. And I think that was like the only named Saiyan that we left off the list. Like, uh, I think we also left off Turles, but that was mostly because it would just be a Goku palette swap. So, yeah. So now that we know hardly anything about our competitors, <laughs> uh, me personally, I kind of want to see Tarble win just for the upset. I think it would be hilarious and awesome. <laughs> um, but let's be real. You're talking strongest fighter in the galaxy. And a height advantage. I, I, I'm gonna, I, I hate to say it, but I think I'm going to have to give it to Goku. All right, so first round. First match, that's, that, that is no surprise whatsoever. So now it's, so now it's my pick, and I have, I have Kale versus Nappa. For those who don't know, Nappa is Vegeta's... You would typically think he is the heavy. In a more standard sort of story, he would be the muscle... And Vegeta would be much more the brains and not the muscle as much. And Kale is a Saiyan from Universe 6. She is a demure Saiyan warrior who, like, really is very quiet all the time, doesn't talk very much, is non-aggressive. But then when she starts fighting, she basically brolies out. She goes insane rage-fueled incapable of being stopped sort of super saiyan nightmare who this is this is where i feel like we're gonna lose all of our female listeners immediately <laughs> starting off strong. On, our, on our second on our this is this is like our seventh episode of the podcast our second, second matchup the tournament yes um who do i want to win Quite frankly, I don't think Kale is that great of a character. I think the warrior who is strong but can tend to lose control has become a bit of a trope at this point almost in Dragon Ball. 
especially like basically before before the Broly movie happened, people were like, "Oh, Kale is just female Broly." Sort of Dragon Ball has has acknowledged that Broly is non-canon because he previously has only had only appeared in the movies, and they're like, "This is the way for Dragon Ball to bring Broly into canon. It's just to make a girl version of him, right?" But then they went out and brought Broly into the franchise anyways with the Broly movie. So Kale becomes even more useless to me as a character. <laughs> I just think there's I, also I a kineticism. You were saying we were going to lose female listeners. <laughs> I, also, I also think there's a kineticism to Nappa that I dig. I think there's a, at this point in the franchise, a uniqueness to Nappa in that he is one of the few uh irredeemable evil saiyans true so i would rather have nappa win and i think i'm gonna make the argument that he would win because he is more ruthless he's more willing to compete he's more willing to try to sneak things by and get away with stuff might he get called for a few fouls sure but kale would be borderline uninterested in even competing i i was actually so I, I've I've have a whole mock bracket here where I've picked for every matchup. For this one, I was thinking that because Nappa likes to talk trash, that it would send Kale over the edge and she would lose control and thus mm. be disqualified. Oh, okay, that's a different sort of take on on it. But you st- you also still had Nappa then. Yes. Yeah. So that's I have I have our first upset. I have Nappa over Kale. So you have you have the next matchup. Yes, I then. do. So the next matchup we have is uh, fifth seed is Future Trunks. Twelfth seed is Kid Trunks. Obviously now this in the this in the the NCAA tournament, very typically this is like the thing that happens every year. A twelve always beats a five. Yeah, we'll 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 see about that. Um, <laughs> future Trunks is Trunks from a future alternate timeline who comes back in time to warn the Z-Warriors about the android threat uh, from the Red Ribbon Army, uh, sticks with them throughout that whole thing and the Cell Saga, uh, eventually goes home, destroys Cell in his own timeline, uh, and then a whole bunch of other shenanigans happen with uh, Zamas and talking about multiple timelines. We don't really want to get into that because it's just going <laughs> to water down the discussion. And then Kid Trunks is just the young version of Trunks from the present. Who do I want to win? I want Future Trunks to win because I think Kid Trunks is kind of annoying. And I think Future Trunks should win because he's just better than Kid Trunks in every way, even in the hike department. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I pick Future Trunks for this one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. So then I have the next matchup. Uh, It is number four seed Broly versus number 13 seed Goten. I was envisioning the super version of Broly, but I think there's not a ton of there's not a ton of difference between the two, quite frankly. So a little background on Broly. This is a character that's first introduced in a Dragon Ball Z movie. These were 50 minute movies that were just meant to sort of introduce people who were not watching television but were going to movies to the world, essentially. He was super popular. It was it was one of the movies that had like some of the better fight scenes in it, admittedly, and things like that. And that was all you were looking for in those because they were so short. 
he became a very popular character. He ends up getting his own movie in Super, which we just mentioned earlier is is very well animated. It's it's a gorgeous movie to look at. He is this character who is also like Kale. He's he's sort of demure a little bit. He's a he's a little more of an aggressor than Kale, but he's a little more reluctant to be be an aggressor and be a fighter unless he's provoked and then he goes absolutely insane. He also loves green alien women, much like Will Shatner. <laughs> and then Goten, Goku's youngest child, who is basically just like, I don't know, at some point, maybe we'll find this out when we get to this point as in our research. Someone was like, hey, we got this uh, this kid Goku artwork like lying around, not, not making us any money or doing anything for us. <laughs> Let's let's throw that in here because he's he's just a he looks exactly like Goku. So Broly, who who do I want to win? I'm not a huge huge fan of either character, but I would I, and I don't dislike Goten, right? I I kind of agree with you that I dislike Kid Trunks. I don't dislike Goten mostly because I like characters who are like fun and positive, and Goten always strikes me like. Very, he strikes me as very similar to Goku. He's very innocent, right? Yeah. But I, I do kind of like Broly. I like the idea of this character who has been a Saiyan. Like he's he's been a Saiyan, but he hasn't been part of like the world, right? Because he's been off on his own. He also can just snap at an instant. He's like Broly is limitless potential. But I, I like the character. I think he's a fine character. I kind of want him to win. I give him the edge on that, and I give him the massive edge on who would win. <laughs> because I don't think either one of these characters understands the rules of basketball terribly well. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but I think Broly just has the size and height and everything advantage to be able to beat little Goten who would be just more interested in having fun anyways than than actually being serious about trying to win. So give me Broly over Goten. No, I, I was going to give it to Goten mostly because while you're right, they they probably both would not be very familiar with the sport. It's possible Goten would, be, would actually have a little bit more of an advantage there actually having been from earth next up we have six seed kaba and 11 seed bardock kaba is another one of the uh universe six saiyans this is the 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 male one right the the one yeah. that vegeta picks on <laughs> uh vegeta vegeta sort of picks on and he becomes vegeta's sort of apprentice somewhat somewhat unwilling to vegeta as far as vegeta's concerned but he becomes vegeta's apprentice and then bardock uh as we discussed very briefly is uh father of goku this one this one was tough for me to call because they're they're both i wouldn't say like bit characters but they're definitely like more like side characters so mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot to gauge what their abilities would be i kind of want kaba to win because i like the idea of this kid that's got some grit he's he's he, he'll, he's willing to take some licks to learn how to become better and be a, a, a better fighter and i think that would probably translate to sports pretty well but i think i'm gonna have to give this one to bardock just from sheer force of will like he he 
stood against like all of his friends, all of his old coworkers to try and go pimp slap his boss for trying to blow up his planet. <laughs> um, I, you got to respect that kind of swagger. Well, and then he has the height advantage too, right? So, and he's got the height advantage, which helps. Okay. So number, number 11, Bardock, another, another upset. That's right. We like upsets here. So then I we, have, we much like Toriyama like to subvert expectations. <laughs> I should mention at this point, I seeded these, I did like, I seeded them, and I seeded them not totally randomly, somewhat like, when when we talk about things like outside of the, I don't know, once you get into like the four through probably 10, maybe four through like 14, somewhere in there, I did go a little bit random at times, but I then also like, I went to a few different websites, like ranker and and some other places and looked up like who people pick as their most favorite or most popular characters and just went oh if that one's more popular i'll put him above the other one that's how i seeded these it was by it was a popularity contest which i think for seeding is fine yeah i think that's fine so uh, number three my matchup is number three gohan versus number 14 king vegeta gohan is goku's son he also kind of has I wouldn't say limitless potential, but he has vast, vast potential. Potential to be stronger than Goku, for sure, right? Sure. That's, that's, but he does not really like to fight. He likes to study. He His mom, Chi-Chi, has hammered into him that studying and getting a good job and providing for your family is far more important than fighting. Something she's been trying to pound into her husband's head for decades. That's just... <laughs> solid stone so good luck with that <laughs> and king vegeta is vegeta's dad we l- legitimately do not know much else about him than that uh, who do i think who do i want to win quite frankly i like gohan i am very interested in what the new movie might do with him in a more center role who do i think would win 100% gohan like i don't mean, th- this is a guy who you tell him this tournament is coming up next month. He's going to do nothing but study basketball. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he he might not he might not play any. He might have this might be his first time playing basketball, but he will study basketball. Next up, we've got 7 seed Cauliflower versus 10th seed Raditz. Cauliflower is the other female Saiyan from Universe 6 from Tournament of Power. Uh she's Personality-wise, like kind of the opposite of Kale, she's very braggadocious and mm-hmm. outgoing and very confident in herself. Uh, and then we have Raditz, Goku's much weaker older brother. But this is this is basketball, so being able to destroy your opponent is not necessarily required. Yeah, as far as who I want to win, I mean, I kind of want Raditz to win for the upset, but I know that like not every bracket can be an upset, so I think who's <laughs> actually going to win is Cauliflower. There's just no contest in terms of speed, reflexes, and just will to win, honestly. Doesn't even come close, even though Raditz has a slight advantage in the height department and definitely in the hair department. So you're giving it to Cauliflower, though? Yes. Okay. So then I have number two, my boy Vegeta, 
If you don't know who Vegeta is, just please stop listening to this podcast. Actually, please don't. We need all the listeners we can get. But <laughs> I wonder who's going to win this match. Versus number 15, Paragus. Now, let's. Paragus is Broly's dad. He is not a particularly strong warrior. He's not weak. He's strong enough to survive on that planet where they get stuck, which is a nightmare zone. But let's be honest here. Who do I want to win? Oh, Paragus. No. <laughs> Shocked, I tell you. Shocked. Uh, I want Vegeta to win. Who do I think would win? Ni- Again, this is one of those things. Neither one of these dudes knows a damn thing about basketball necessarily. So who's going to win when it when it kind of comes down to just like skill against skill alone is Vegeta. All day, every day, give this one to Vegeta. No contest. That concludes the first round of our Saiyan round, Saiyan region of the tournament. I think we're going to we're going to keep going with the round of 64 though. We're going to leave the Saiyan bracket where it is for now and head on over to the Earthling bracket, the Earthling oh, region. Okay. Uh, how about we swap it up? How about you do the first one this time since I went okay. first in the last bracket? That works for me. So I get number one Krillin versus number 16 Yajirobe. We all know who Krillin is at this point, I believe. And if we don't, do Go we? Go back and watch previous episodes again. <laughs> I can't, can't remember. But uh, Krillin, Krillin is, you know, he's ultimately Goku's best friend. And he is one of the, in terms of strength, strongest earthlings. Yajirobe is, boy, I barely even remember how Yajirobe comes into the franchise, but he is this guy who lives with Korin in Korin's tower, who is just sort of, is just sort of such a nobody that he winds up like occasionally surprising people and being in kind of the right place at the right time. Uh, That's his case for, that's, that's the case for him in the Saiyan arc, he ends up kind of saving the day and stopping Vegeta just by being in the right place at the right time. In the Goku Black saga, which happens in Super, it's similar. He is just, this guy is such a, such like a weasel and such a snake and such a lazy piece of crap that he is a survivor. So who do I want to win? Krillin, 100%. I love Krillin. Krillin is like one of my favorite characters. Who do I think would win? Again, I think Krillin, I think Yajirobe would, like, just sit down in the middle of the court and watch Krillin make layups. Yajirobe would probably need a break after the jump ball at the start of the match, let's be honest. <laughs> so give this one to Krillin. I gotta agree with that. That's 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 some pretty solid deductive work there. All right, match number two, eighth seed, Bulma, versus ninth seed, Chiaotzu. So we all know Bulma, hopefully, at this point. If not, uh, you know, she's essentially Goku's first friend outside of his grandfather. Chiaotzu, who we have not been introduced to yet, best friend and training mate, sort of like the the parallel of Krillin to Goku, uh, for Tian Shinhan, who we also do not know yet, but is another Earth fighter, in the running probably for strongest human on the planet, has given Goku a run for his money a couple of times and even stood up to big bads like Cell. Right. Chiaotzu did none of that, though. Chiaotzu uh, blew himself up trying to kill Nappa and was completely ineffective. <laughs> Who do I want to win this? I want Bulma to win this, but uh, there's there's just no way. I'm going to have to give it to Chiaotzu. How? Just 
how? I mean, like, he's a martial artist. He's trained at least so, somewhat, so he's going to be more, like, physically capable than hang Bulma. On. You just said you want Bulma to win. Yeah. You think Chaozu would win if they actually played a match, so you got to go to your tiebreaker then. Oh, that's true. So and then I guess the height decides it. It's going to have to be Bulma. That, that next match is not going to be nice for her. <laughs> no, no. Oh, well, um, I tried to avoid it. I could not. I have <clears throat> number s- number five, Android 17 versus number 12, the Ox King. Now, as we mentioned, upset alert because the 12 seed usually beats the five. Uh, the Ox King, of course, is Chi-Chi's father. He is a disciple of Matri- Master Roshi. He is one of Goku's earliest sort of allies, and he's Goku's ultimate father-in-law. Android 17 is an android specifically designed to kill Goku. He is extremely strong. He has limitless energy. Like, he he never runs out of fighting energy, right? Like, he, if he can shoot a blast at you at whatever energy, he could shoot that same blast at you at whatever energy, like, three hours into your fight. Android 17 also eventually becomes sort of a protector of animals when we get into the he's a he's a naturalist and and even though they're they're very interesting antagonists when we get into the cell saga because him and him in 18 and 16 because while they want to kill Goku they really have a very sort of laissez-faire attitude towards kind of everything else and so who do I want to win though I'm not keen on the ox king personally so i like android 17 who do i think would win i i really think android 17 would he doesn't get tired he does he 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 never needs to to take a breather so give me number 17 yeah in all honesty i picked 17 for that one as well next up we've got fourth seed android 18 and 13th seed mr satan android 18 is android 17's sister she has no compunction to protect animals, I guess, unless you count Krillin as an animal. <laughs> She's attracted to short, bald guys. That is my ideal woman. That's <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Mr. Satan is. Well, I guess he's he's the the guy who just happens to win the world's martial arts tournament. While literally all of the Dragon Ball characters are busy doing other things. Yes. Uh, He has a huge cult following. He's got major celebrity status. He's super rich. uh, And he's also the world's biggest coward. With this, I want Mr. Satan to win. Okay. For a few reasons. And the main one is, like you said, the androids are kind of laissez-faire about Everything doesn't really matter to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this particular matchup I thought was interesting because 18 is uh, motivated by like material possessions and money Mm -hmm. to a larger extent than 17. And this matchup right here seems the perfect opportunity for Mr. Satan to bribe 18 to take a fall. Oh, uh, I had uh, I had the exact same thing. So that's who I think is going to win this in reality. It's, it's going to be Mr. Satan. She's going to take the fall for a, a fat cash payout, and Mr. Satan's going to advance. I had the exact same thing. I, 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 I like had the exact same rationale, too. She's going to even offer, right? Yeah, actually, she probably would offer before, <laughs> before he could even approach her. She's going to go up to him at some point 
and be like, hey, listen, I don't want celebrity status. I just want money. You got to protect your ego. Give me some money and you can do that. And be like, she'd be like, listen, you can lose in the second round or the third round. It's not a big deal. It's not embarrassing once you've won a match to then lose in a basketball game, which is not your sport. Your sport is fighting. It's not embarrassing to lose. It is embarrassing if you lose the first round to a girl. (laughs) So give me some money and I'll take a fall. That's perfect. That's exactly how that conversation goes. In this rationale, there you go, Mr. Satan, on to round two. <laughs> Up next, we have our number six seed, Yamcha, best known for being a crater, <laughs> versus <laughs> versus number 11, Chi-Chi, Goku's wife, and overbearing at times wife, we would say. Who do I want to win this match? Yamcha. I, lo- I love Yamcha's whole deal. I do. I, I think... It gets a little played out in Z, but then I almost think it becomes even better in Super when he is no longer even attempting to be a fighter anymore and he still has those delusions. (laughs) Hey, how come nobody asked me to fight? Yeah. (laughs) And then who do I think would win? No contest, Yamcha. The dude is is a baseball star. He understands Earth sports and Earth sports rules. He would know how to play basketball. Yamcha wins this, running away with it. Next up, we've got third seed Tien versus 14th seed Nam. This is an interesting matchup for me. For those of you that don't know, Tien Shinhan, like I explained earlier, is is kind of like Goku's rival early on in Dragon Ball. And one of the things that kind of gets buried later on in the series he's a little bit of a volleyball fan hmm so i'm thinking there might be a little bit of like you know familiarity with sports uh and some athleticism geared towards like playing those types of games but that said nam's got some mad hops man that is true who do i want to win this i want nam to win this and who do i think would win this I think Nam would win this because while Tien might be competitive in some aspects, I I don't know if he'd see like trouncing on somebody at Nam's level as like worthy of his time. Hmm. Okay. And it's there's a little bit of that like uh like when he when Nam was in the the tournament of oh he's like a nice guy like I don't want to like ruin his chances to try and win this to help out his village I'll, maybe I'll just let him have this one. I had Tien winning this. So this is the this is the I think this is the first time this goes against one of my picks. Yeah. I was I I had a perfect bracket until this point and then you just ruined it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so then I have <clears throat> I have number 7 Android 16 versus number 10 Videl. Android 16 is an android, shocker, uh, created specifically for the purpose of defeating Goku. He is one of the, if not the, only android in the entire show who is very much actually an android. (laughs) Like, (laughs) 100% android, yeah. He was not formerly a human. He is not biomechanical necessarily he is a robot who looks like a guy like he's an actual android he looks like a guy right because that's the 
19, I guess, technically is also an Android, but that dude doesn't look like any dude I've ever seen. Android 16 also, like, aside from wanting to kill Goku, has not another aggressive bone in his body. I love birds. His 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 love of everything, aside from Goku, <laughs> of of his love of life, right, is what unlocks Gohan to achieve his potential and become uh, an ascended Super Saiyan. Videl is Mr. Satan's daughter. She is his superior in pretty much every single way. She ends up being Gohan's wife. So, who do I want? to win this i kind of want 16 i like him a little more as a character i just think it's very i just think like yeah you know you joke about the i love birds thing but like i <laughs> i do think it's very interesting that he's you know staring down his own end right cells about to murder this guy and he kind of looks at gohan and is like it's okay like just let go it's okay to do i like that who do I think would win? I kind of think Fidel would potentially win. Because I think 16 would not have much interest in facing off against her. But then that takes us to the height advantage, which 16 has in spades. I have to go with the, the, the tiebreaker. 16 wins it. Oh, man. You might have just broken my whole bracket. I think I like him a little more as a character. And it's if only because... We've kept going further and further into Dragon Ball, and she's just been pushed further and further into the background. We just keep bleeding female listeners. We have only one female left right now, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so last matchup for the human bracket. We've got uh, second seed Master Roshi versus 15th seed Launch. Hopefully by now you guys are all familiar with these two characters so this one's a tricky one for me who do i want to win i want roshi to win just because he's he's always entertaining no matter Mm -hmm. what i i can't see a scenario where launch actually wins in this because really when you think about how effective roshi's going to be it's going to come down to one of two things whether we get blue haired launch or yellow haired launch and if it's blue haired launch there's no contest Although it might be a low-scoring game because Roshi might just be distracted the whole time. See, yeah. But if it's yellow-haired launch, she whips out the gun, starts shooting people. That's it. Matches over. She's disqualified. <laughs> so yeah, that's I'm gonna true. have to give it to my boy Roshi. Yeah, I thought this was, you know, for a two versus a fifteen, it's not as easy as you would think. No, it's it's a lot closer than it appears based on the seed. It's it's a scare for that two seed for sure. It's it's close, but I think he I think he squeaks out a win. Okay, we're down to eight Earthlings, but now we're gonna pivot over to our antagonists slash villains. We will kick it back up to you, right? Since we did swapping, That's right? Uh, and so let's let's just start by saying I don't even understand how this guy is the the one seed. <laughs> so yeah, our our one seed for the antagonist role is uh, Frieza. Don't know what, how that happened. What the hell's he doing on there? I, I'm not sure. I, maybe it's some weird registration issue or something. I'm not maybe, really sure. Maybe. And then our 16th seed is Mercenary Tao. Frieza, as we all know, is the benevolent 
caretaker of the universe, uh, leader of the Frieza Force. Mercenary Tao, we have not been introduced yet in Dragon Ball, uh, but he is, well, it, name's right there on the box. Uh, he's a mercenary who is hired to take out Goku. Uh, I mean, do, do we even really need to have a discussion here? Like, it's it's Frieza by a country mile, yeah. easily. Yeah, and I, I also want him to win, and not just... And not just um, as shtick, because he's a way better character. So then I have eight seed hit versus an- another confusing entry here. Number nine, Raccoon. You know, we'll introduce these characters real quick. Uh, hit is an assassin from Universe 6, who is Universe 6's strongest warrior. He also can perform a time skip maneuver. That allows him to freeze you while he moves around. Think about how useful that could be in a basketball tournament. It's going uh, to be tough to beat. And then number nine, Rekum. He is a member of the Ginyu Force, which is Frieza's elite peacekeeping corps. Now, who who do I want to win this? I, I like Hit, actually. Uh, I don't love Hit, He's but he's a cool character. I like the idea... Of this character who's an assassin who is like he all of his attacks are based around killing people who then gets constantly put into these tournaments where the only rule is you can't kill people. (laughs) And then who would win? I mean, like time skip. It doesn't he. Yeah, (laughs) he he freezes you. He holds the ball quarter of an inch above the net and then untime skips so that everyone could see the ball go in. <laughs> All right, curveball. I'm what listening. If, when he uses that power because the refs can't see what he's doing with the ball, they just call it traveling. There's other ways he could use that though, I think still. He could use it to block he, I mean, he could he could end up winning every game two to nothing because he could block all your shots. That's that's possible, yeah. Next up, we've got uh, fifth seed Zamas versus twelfth seed King Cold, which is another weird one. So Zamas is, and you'll probably have to help me with this one because I'm not super familiar with Super. He is the potential Supreme Kai of Universe. Oh God, I can't remember anymore. Thirteen or four or six or nine or five. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's fifth seed. He's he's the potential su- future Supreme Kai for one of the other universes in the multiverse. And he encounters Goku, who turns Super Saiyan Blue to like do a quick sparring match with this guy. And he finds it appalling that a mortal is using godly energy and godly power and he finds it to be like heresy that mortals consider themselves almost equal to gods he hates how goku speaks to lord beerus and to him to zamasu he he thinks it's it's like disgusting and that because of that because of goku and the way he acts all mortals should be wiped out so that's that's who he is and then king cold yeah is is freezes freezes pappy he's he's uh, a glorious benevolent leader um eclipsed only by his youngest son lord frieza i mean who do i who do i want to win uh, clearly i want our one of our benevolent leaders king cold to win and so therefore that's who's going to win 
because any other any other choice would be heresy. I can't I can't possibly go against King Cold. Come on now. <laughs> let's see. You said and let's let, and Zamaz probably wouldn't even want to participate in a basketball tournament because it's a mortal thing. So that's where I first to it. That's where I came up to. I I I came with I I sort of went, you know, I took off my my shtick hat. And I said, "Who do I want to win?" I, Zamasu, Zamasu is a is a much more compelling character, quite frankly. Yeah. But his, the idea of that guy picking up a basketball and doing anything with it would repulse him. And True. then, and then, who has the height advantage? King Cold is like one of the tallest characters. Plus, I mean, we get rid of Zamas because, like, the guy's a maniac who who just wipes out like whole populations just just because. Like, that's yeah, insanity. Just, yeah, that's. Who does that? It's just it's uncalled for is what it is. Really? <laughs> we have number four next, Cooler versus number 13, Pilaf. We all know who Pilaf is if you've been listening to this podcast. And if you haven't, I'm not sure why you're picking up now. <laughs> but then number four, Cooler, he is Freeze's brother. He has a fifth form. That he can unlock. This is a, not a canon character. He's only ever appeared in a couple of movies, but he's become one of the more popular characters. Who do I want to win? We'll take off the Frieza Force hat here for a second and just say, <laughs> and just say, I kind of want Pilaf to win. Uh, we've talked before about how I think that character is just kind of funny, and he winds up like always causing more damage than than he intends to, even sometimes. But then who do I think would win? I mean, Cooler is taller by a lot. He is way more athletic. Emperor Pilaf is not athletic, and I'm pretty sure they wouldn't allow him to, like, march one of his cyborg robot things onto the court for him. So so that takes us from who do I think, you know, I want Pilaf. I think Cooler would win. That takes us to the height, and, I mean, Cooler is incredibly taller than Pilaf, so this one goes to Cooler. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you there. Next up, we have... Oh, oh, I'm so glad I got this one. <laughs> I am so glad I got this one. So, 6th seed, Captain Ginyu, versus 11th seed, Deborah. So, obviously, we haven't been in, uh, introduced to either of these characters. They both show up in, in the Z portion of the show. Captain Ginyu is captain of the Ginyu Force, which is Lord Frieza's personal, highly trained elite squad of complete badasses and Debora is sort of like the the muscle for uh the sorcerer Bobbity, who is the guy who eventually releases Majin Buu for, I guess for lack of a better description he looks like Satan and I don't mean mm -hmm. Mr. Satan I mean like the actual Satan uh <laughs> he's just like really tall and kind of got like this pinkish reddish hue to his skin he's got like that slick back like widow's peak like a vampire with a couple horns like like straight up like he looks like a kid's drawing of like satan yeah man this one was so fun to play out in my head uh <laughs> so for those of you who are not familiar with captain ginyu he has this technique that allows him to swap bodies with whoever he's fighting against assuming he lands his shot um, and he usually deploys it in like uh, a fashion in which like it, it's it's like inescapable usually. So my thought here was I want Ginyu to win because he's Captain Ginyu. He's amazing. 
in everything. I would say Captain Ginyu wins, but it's going to end up being in Deborah's body, I think. <laughs> so who's going through on your tournament here, then? <laughs> well, so this is... <laughs> This was the issue I had. I wasn't sure which name to put down. <laughs> I have Dubura and then in parentheses, Ginyu. <laughs> See, these are the kinds of matches I was looking forward to doing. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> We'll go with it though. We'll go with Deborah in. We'll go with Ginyu in Deborah's body wins the match. <laughs> I've got number three Majin Buu versus number fourteen Android nineteen. Android nineteen. We talked about he's an android. He's created by Doctor Jiro. His special ability is that he can drain your energy. So if you're fighting against him, he could put his hands on you and start sucking your energy away. Majin Buu is this evil incarnate creation of the sorcerer Bibbidi, who is re-released by his son Bobbity. Bibbidi Bobbity Boo. Eh? Eh? Uh, <laughs> um, he, see, and I, I went with the fat Boo version, is, is what I was that's thinking of here. Because that's the one that they call Majin Boo. Right. He is a... A Majin in Japan is like a like a god or a warrior like type of thing, um, almost similar to like a yokai in some ways. Kind of, they have like sort of similarities, and and so then he's also though, boy, Majin Buu is like he's he's like a childlike innocent, but don't make him mad because he will turn you into a piece of chocolate and then eat you. Among other things, he's he's wildly strong. He, you know, he is one of the most powerful warriors in the entire universe. When the Tournament of Power is happening, he trains and he becomes svelte. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> he trains so hard, though, because he's so excited about it, that he ends up falling asleep. And Mr. Satan, who is best friends with Majin Buu, is like, yeah, he's just going to be asleep now for like the next eight months. <laughs> I admire his commitment to, uh, you know, eating and sleeping. And uh, It's admirable. But so who do I want to win? Um, I like Majin Buu way more than 19. They're very similar, right? They're both kind of po- roly-poly guys who have high-pitched voices. Yeah, it's a good matchup. And who do I think would win? Majin Buu. Like, yeah, okay, your special ability is draining energy from someone who has almost limitless energy. Yeah, I guess so. I Majin, don't get me win. wrong. Don't get me wrong. Majin Buu is a doofus. I mean, that was my thought is that it might be hard to get him to focus on actually playing a game of basketball. I think it could be easy. If there's a concession stand around. I think it could be easy. You got Mr. Satan in this tournament and you got Mr. Satan already going on to the next round. So Mr. Satan's going to be in this guy's corner and they're best friends. Like I said, remember, he's going, boo, boo, just throw the ball through the hoop and you can have some candy. Yeah, but see, then he'd probably throw it through his own hoop. I still think, I still think <laughs> Majin Buu might the take it. With gag characters. <laughs> I still think Majin Buu might take it, and then I also think, even if not, I think he's taller. Next up, we've got uh, seventh seed Jiren versus tenth seed Doctor Jiro. For those of you that don't know, uh, Jiren's a character from the Tournament of Power. He kind of looks 
like a massively jacked, like gray alien. Um, I don't know much more about him other than that, other than he's like ridiculously strong. Uh, and Dr. Giroux is the, the brains behind the Red Ribbon Army and all of the androids. Jiren, just to explain him a little bit more or whatever, he is sure. Universe 11's strongest fighter. He is the strongest fighter in the Tournament of Power, period. He, like, at one point eliminates someone without punching them. He punches them off without punching. He's a character who's obsessed with nothing but power and nothing but victory. His parents were killed by someone powerful when he was a child, and he then made it his life's mission to just become the most powerful. He is guided purely by power and what is the most powerful, and it's almost always him. So I had a tough time with this one because I wasn't sure if that kind of drive would translate to this kind of tournament. Okay. Because it's, really, it's not really about power. It's about playing a game. So I wasn't sure exactly where he would come down on how seriously he wants to take this. I, I, saw, I could see it kind of maybe going both ways, to, and it's totally dependent on how committed he is to it. But with that said... Uh, I think he does take it just because even with Dr. Giro making himself an android, I, I just don't see him overcoming that that speed that speed gap, honestly. And I, yeah. I think Jiren's actually taller, too, as well, despite the giant so. despite the giant hat that Jiro usually wears. Right. Jiren's quite tall. He towers over Goku, I think. And Goku's quite tall. Yep. So then I have number two, Cell, versus number 15, Garlic Jr. Cell is the android creation of Dr. Jiro, designed to be the perfect organism. He contains cells <laughs> within him uh, from Goku, uh, Piccolo, Vegeta? I think so. I believe Vegeta, yes. Uh, and, and Tien, Krillin. Basically, he contains everything within him from everyone on earth who was among the strongest warriors on earth up through the end of when Vegeta and the Saiyans left earth left earth. So that's, that's what he's, he's got all of their cells within him. Then garlic jr. Is a character who first appears right in, in one of the movies. Mm hmm. I forget the name of that one. Is Dead Zone. Dead Zone, the yeah. The Dead Zone. In this movie, he is able to gather all of the Dragon Balls and make a wish for immortality. But he is then banished to a Dead Zone, a sort of extra-dimensional universe. He then reappears in Dragon Ball Z in a 100% filler arc known as the Garlic Jr. arc, where he's trying to... Is that the one where he's trying to cover the world in the mist that mist, makes people yes. bad? Yes. I forgot what the mist was called. Yeah, I want to say it's the Terrigen Mists, but that might be from X-Men. <laughs> that is from X-Men. <laughs> so it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's immortal, but that doesn't necessarily make him extremely powerful. Although he can transform. He does have a transformation. He goes from being this little guy, this little goblin who looks very similar to Pilaf, to being, I would call it, a hulked-out Piccolo. 
So who do I want to win? I like Cell. I think Cell's awesome. I love his whole vibe. I think Cell has a a, a, a tinge of of queer coding to him that I really dig. I don't I don't know if you've ever picked up on any of that at all, but I just maybe it's not queer coding. It. Maybe it's just how narcissistic this guy is. That's also extremely likely. But, just with how much he loves himself and his body, it just has that type of like, this guy kind of likes guys, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> I just, I dig it. I think it's cool. Um, so so I want Cell to win, and I think he absolutely would. Without he, question. <laughs> he. So now we are, we're into our deities slash other slash allies. <laughs> this is sort of the... Other characters that didn't necessarily fit one of those three other categories neatly. So I go first since we are kind of doing that on when we switch brackets things. Yep. Number one, Beerus versus number 16, Oolong. Beerus is the god of destruction. He is the counterpart of the Supreme Kai. So before you can have a Supreme Kai who sort of creates life and oversees life and shepherds it, you have to have someone to destroy the the matter out there, Matt, you know, like it, it's kind of an interesting, like matter cannot be created from itself. Like you have to create, like it's a conservation of energy and a conservation of mass type of thing. Right. If you're going to bring new life into this universe, you have to snuff some out first. Uh, that's sort of the, the Beerus concept. Interesting. And um, then Oolong, we all know at this point, he's the shape-shifting pig man. He can only hold his transformations for three minutes, and then he needs five minutes to reboot. So, who do I want to win? Beerus. I'm not a huge fan of Oolong. Who do I think would win? Again, Beerus. And now, this is one of those where you could say, whoa, wait, whoa, we talked about this flight thing. Oolong could just transform into, like, a bird, or he could transform into just something that would be useful at basketball. But again, he can only hold that transformation for three minutes, and then he yeah. needs five minutes to reboot. Yeah, and that was the same issue I was running into as well. In in that five minutes, Beerus could absolutely wreck him. So give me Lord Beerus. All right, you can have Lord Beerus. Uh, next up, at eight seed, we have Corin, and ninth seed, Mr. Popo. So these two guys are sort of tangentially related as they are basically neighbors corin lives i guess most of the way up kami's tower yeah he's like right underneath he's like right uh but he's right? he's this yeah he's like right underneath it i think um but he's this pudgy little cat man with a wooden staff and he i'm not really sure what he does other than i guess guard the sacred water and grow senzu beans anyways uh mr popo kami's right hand man kami being the good half of piccolo that rules over earth as yeah, a god he's like the, the god of earth the overseer of earth not not how i pictured god but hey you know whatever uh but yeah mr popo is the um i guess racially insensitive right-hand man to kami <laughs> but d despite that so who do, who do i want to win this i want mr popo to win this um just because he never really gets to do anything fun in the show. He's just like running around, like puttering around Kami's lookout, like cleaning or, and taking care of things. But also, I think he's probably got one of the best secret weapons in this entire tournament. He has access to the time chamber. Mm -hmm. 
he could literally nonstop train to play basketball and, and on top of that be able to to rewind and replay this tournament over and over and over and get himself into the position to play a perfect game every single time. So I'm hearing you're going with Mr. Popo. It's, I'm definitely going with Mr. Popo, at right. least for this one. But I, I feel like – You've been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You've just gotten us canceled. Well, you know, I'm not the one who put him in this bracket. So that's <laughs> not my fault. So number four – nope, sorry, number five, Nail versus number 12, Elder Kai. Again, now we've had multiple – Five versus 12 matchups here, and we have yet to have an upset. So this is major upset alert, right? Oh, boy. Nail is Planet Namek's strongest warrior. I think that's about it, right? Like, I, I mean, I guess serves, technically... Serves the, uh, the, the elder, elder guru. Yeah. Elder Kai is the Supreme Kai who was Supreme Kai before Shin became the Supreme Kai. He sacrificed himself in terms of his appearance and everything by, like, merging with a witch in order to stop some evil witch. Right? Isn't that his deal? I believe so, yeah. And he's sort of like... He's sort of like a Master Roshi redo in a lot of ways. Like, he's just this perverted old man. He's He's another dirty old man who, like, cares more about butts and girls and stuff than he does about like necessarily really training but he can unlock within you your inmost potential so who do i want to win i'm not huge on on elder kai like i said he's basically just like a a powered up version of of roshi and therefore a to me way less interesting version nail has a little bit of more pathos to him a little bit more agency. I like the idea that he's kind of like he's kind of like Piccolo, except he has more of a fondness for his people, right? He he also uh, essentially sacrifices his identity to save his planet, right? And then who do I think would win? I, I also think Nail would win. He's got the the stretchy arms. I was just going to say stretchy as, arms is going to be tough to beat, as Namekians tend to do. So I'm going with Nail. Next up, we've got fourth seed, the King Kai, and 13th seed, his roommate, Gregory. So King Kai is uh, from the Z portion of the show. He's this I, – I, I'm not really sure what his role is like in the grand scheme of things. I think he just looks over a certain portion of, of a universe. Is that correct? He looks over a certain portion of our galaxy. Okay. Which happens to include Earth, Frieza – and and also then yes uh earth but uh, yeah so he's um one of goku's teachers uh teaches goku the kaioken technique which is absolutely broken and then uh gregory is this little sort of cricket man flies around at like supersonic speeds and goku has to try and hit him with a hammer he's really fast he's extremely durable and as we discussed earlier he's the only character in this entire tournament who well not the only one but one of the only ones who has a native ability for flight and is therefore allowed to actually fly. Who do I want to win this? I I, I mean, I kind of want Greg, Gregory to win just because I think it would be funny. But who do I who do I think would actually win would probably be King Kai because hmm. Gregory's speed is only a component in training somebody to attain the Kaioken technique. 
whereas King Kai is a master of the Kaioken technique. Hmm. So I feel with that ability to just increase his his uh, speed and reflexes just on a dime, I, I think he squeaks out the win there. Plus, even though Gregory can fly, King Kai is technically taller. So yeah, it would, yeah, you're I'm, going I'm to your tiebreaker then, and and the tiebreaker is that King Kai is taller. We have number six Dende versus number eleven Kabito. This I actually a, had to look up who Kabito was for a second because I'd forgotten. Yeah, this is an interesting one in in some ways, in that neither character is particularly interesting. <laughs> Dende is the current overseer of Earth now that Kame is kami is no longer existent he is the he sits atop the lookout and he is like in charge of essentially making sure that life on earth continues without you know everyone dying he can also heal people that's his like he has a special ability to be able to heal people kabito is sort of the mr popo to shin he is the vassal or the valet of the supreme kai he and he's way less racist, I think. <laughs> yes, because he's like pink. And that's so who do I want to win? Can I say that I have like legitimately no preference? <laughs> okay, so that's a tie. And so then we who go to who think I think would actually win. Who do I think would actually win? This is one where we start getting into sort of interesting takes on this. Um, first of all, neither one of them, I think, is particularly going to be readily capable of understanding basketball. Dende, even though he currently oversees Earth, is not from Earth. We start getting into an interesting dynamic at play in this portion of the bracket of fealty to one's superior. And I think Dende would have a respect for and borderline uh, fear of Kabito being someone who is around the Supreme Kai and is among that class, that he would be deferential to Kabito and let Kabito win. But at the same time, Kabito's the kind of guy who'd be like, no, nah, forget about this and let's just have a good game. I, I kind of agree with that, but then I also go to Kabito was shown to be somewhat of a capable fighter. True. And we have never seen an iota of that from Dende. I don't think of Dende as being much more athletically gifted than uh, Bulma. <laughs> ah, fair enough. All right. Kabito it is. I got I to gotta modify my, my bracket now. Look what you're doing to me. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Okay. Throwing monkey wrenches into everything. Everything. All right. Next up third seed we've got supreme kai he goes by shin and 14th seed poir so we've kind of talked about supreme kai a little bit but he's he's sort of like and it's very interesting how bureaucratic the the i guess the cosmos are in this universe (laughs) if dende who's the current god if you will of earth is weirdly i guess the bottom of the totem pole i think it's King Yemma would be above him, and then King Kai would be above King Yemma, and then Supreme Kai would be above King Kai. There's also a Grand Kai in there, too. Oh, God. That's right. 
Yeah, anyways, so <laughs> it, <laughs> I guess the structure, if you will, is that he's essentially the guy that's that's on top of the totem pole. He's he's the big the big kahuna, if you will. Poir, we all know, Yamcha's right hand cat. He can shape shift, and he's better at it than Oolong, and that that's going to come into play here in a minute. Ooh. But the way I see this, I personally like Poir way better than the Supreme Kai. I I I. Oh wow. I just – he's cute, he's cuddly, and he's stuck by my boy Yamcha through thick and thin. <laughs> you got to you gotta reward that kind of loyalty. On top of that, he can pick whatever shape that he wants. So he could just flop back and forth between a bunch of forms that it would you know, give him an advantage on the court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On top of that, Supreme Kai, not all that familiar with Earth. He wasn't even aware he had Sands on Earth. So I'm going to assume he knows nothing about basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to give this one to Poir. I think he edges out Supreme Kai just a little bit in experience, and his ability to shapeshift is what's going to put him over the top. That is that is quite the shift off of what I had predicted. I had that being a little bit opposite. Really? Yeah. I like Shin Supreme Kai a little more than Poir, and I think that's where I then I, I kind of went with I like him a little more. I, I find him a little more compelling. And so then I came to the tiebreaker on on my bracket, and I went, well, he's taller. Ah, but Poir could be whatever shape he wants. Can be, but his natural form is shorter. Doesn't matter, because I'm the one that gets to pick for this bracket anyway. I know, I know. And then <laughs> and then I'll, I'll tell you quite frankly, I had Shin winning the next round, too, because it was Shin versus Kibito, and... Oh, man. I've really messed up your, uh, and, your and bracket. And Kibito now. is completely deferential to Shin, so... Oh, that's... That's what you get for picking Broly. <laughs> so then I get Kami versus King Yemma. Kami is the former uh, guardian of the earth. He is the all of when the when the character originally known as King Piccolo first came to earth. He had good and evil inside of him. And he when Kami came to earth, he purged the evil from himself which created this sort of dark, evil version of himself. Um, so he is completely good. And then King Yama is the is the Minos of the the afterlife of Dragon Ball universe. Minos being the character from Dante's uh, that's Inferno. Excellent, that's an excellent parallel. Who Minos wraps his tail around you and judges you for all of your sins and whips you to the correct level of hell for your suffering. King Yemma examines your soul, weighs your soul, and decides whether it is going to uh, a good afterlife where you can sort of putter around and look at flowers or um, you go to... Uh, Hiffle. <laughs> it's It's hell. You go to hell or as American censors loved doing, it's Hiffle, which is the home for <laughs> infinite losers. When it comes to to like American censorship of anime, that's one of my favorite examples. And the other thing about King Yama is he also decides if you have led a good enough life, you get to keep your body so that you can train in the afterlife. So who do I want to win this? I want Kami to win it because... Uh, he's akin to Piccolo. He's got that interesting element to him of like purging, you know, like he's got some, a little more character to him. And King Yemma, we've only ever seen really just sort of be this overworked guy. (laughs) 
which I also think is a somewhat interesting dynamic of here's this guy who works in the afterlife and he's just like he's constantly working because there's always people dying. Who do I think would win, though, is King Yemma. He's he's got just about every advantage you can think of. And Kami is pretty deferential to him. And Yemma's absolutely 100 percent the type of person to pull rank in this situation. Oh, yeah. Yes. He pulls rank on people all the time. Uh, and he he does other stuff too. Like anytime he runs into like an issue, like at one point, see, like he like he is he is very unused. To, that is the one thing that I think will trip him up maybe a little bit later in this tournament because I'm gonna also say he's taller than than Kami, so he gets it on that tiebreaker. Is he's very unaccustomed to having anyone defy him. So you get the last matchup here. Yes, so here's the last matchup. Second seed, Piccolo, versus 15th seed, Jocko. It's a bit of a weird matchup. Piccolo, I don't think, should need an introduction for people, I would hope. I don't don't think he does, but just really quick, like, he's eventually, like, in Dragon Ball, he's, he's a villain we haven't been introduced yet. He's a thorn in Goku's side for years, but eventually turns ally. Jocko, on the other hand, is a little bit of a deeper cut. Shows up in Super. He's kind of like a galactic police officer. Essentially. He's another one. He's, I guess the best way to describe him is he looks like what you would think, like one of the gray aliens would look like. Short, bulbous head, huge unblinking eyes. Yeah. Uh, very short, like short and thin and spindly body. And after after describing him, I think we all know who's going to win this this game. It's, it's Piccolo, no contest. I love Piccolo as a character. And there's there's no way he loses this game. No, no. <laughs> there's just no way. <laughs> I like him, and he wins hands down. We're, we'll come. We will come back to you, listeners, next time. Who will win these various matchups? Will Goku defeat Nappa? Will Beerus topple Popo? <laughs> <laughs> Why are there so many Frieza Force members within the ranks of the villains? Find out next time and help us achieve our final forum. is written and produced by Tom Gwelly. It is performed by Dan Kinney and Tom Gwelly. Our webmaster is Dan Kinney. Our theme music is provided by YouTube content creator GVG Kit. Want to learn more about the Dragon Ball universe, including concept art, behind-the-scenes interviews, and recommendations from Jelly and Bikini? Connect with us on social media. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Final Forum Pod. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you receive your podcasts. And of course, make sure to share with your friends and family and help us spread the word of the glory of Lord Frieza. The Frieza Force thanks you for your listenership.